Welcome to the May 23rd sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38, and the sermon is entitled, Examining the Harvest, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. Well, good morning. I'm going to ask you to grab your Bible and go to the book of Matthew chapter number 9. Now, I'm going to warn you, you're going to need your Bible, but I'm going to ask you to do something that's a little bit different. Just keep that in the back of your mind. We'll get there. Here's your question. I do it every time I preach. Have you come expecting something from God today? Amen. Amen. Today, I want to share with you Psalm chapter 5, verse 3. It says, My voice shall thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee. Listen to this. And will look up. And be expecting that God hears and answers and moves when we pray and when we talk to Him. Today, it's amazing to me how fast time goes. 16 years of marriage is a great amount of time as far as being married to the same woman. I'm thankful for that. But when I look at my marriage of 16 years and when I look at my teenage son now, 13 years old, my oldest Levi is, and it, it amazes me how fast time is moving. When I said yes to Clifford Baptist Church as their youth pastor, Levi was in my wife's belly. It's been that long. And it's amazing how fast time goes. But I want to share a verse of scripture with you today that's away from the book of Matthew that will hopefully set the stage. And here it is. It comes from Acts chapter number 18, verses 9 and 10. It says this, Then spake the Lord to Paul in night by a vision. Now I want to stop and say, Paul the greatest missionary ever, period. There's no discussion. Here's what God tells him in a vision. Be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall sit on thee to hurt thee. Listen to this. For I have much people in this city. Tonight, or today, here is your challenge. First to look at self, and then to turn your eyes away from yourself and look to the city and look to the harvest there are so many times within our spiritual walk we are worried about me 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 I I I God what can you do for me this is not a sales pitch this is not bargaining with God But I want to challenge you, church, today, is what you can do for God. And it involves you taking your eyes off of self and putting them on the field that is ready to be harvested. There are many people in this city, as Acts chapter 18 says. But I want you to know, as Paul speaks those words and received that vision from God... God would only leave him in the city for one and a half years. For one and a half years. That's all the time that he would have to stay there. One of the hardest questions I've ever had to answer. It was interviewing for the youth pastor job here. And that committee was intimidating to say the least. But coming in as a young 20-something, looking at that committee, they say, Jeffrey, where do you see yourself In five years. 
At 20 something years old, I've never answered that question. And so what the committee was looking for is they were looking for a commitment. That I'm going to be here more than a year or two. Thirteen years later, I'm still here, right? I couldn't have answered that question like that. I would have never answered, I'll be here in 13 years. But five years down the road, what does that look like? I want to challenge you with that as you look at your spiritual walk. And I'm going to warn you that this message is straight to the point. And for 13 years, I feel like there have been some years in there that I have been spinning my wheels a little bit, not going anywhere. And there may be some of you here today that feel like that in your spiritual walk. You've been here two, three, four, five, 50 years. And you look at it and say, what have I done? What have I done? I wanted you to know that that question challenged me to look ahead, but to look out at what God has planned for you. Now, I do not know what tomorrow brings. I want you to understand that. But as long as God will allow me, I'm going to be here, and I'm going to serve here, and I want to serve beside you. I don't want to be the only one serving. I want to serve beside you. And I want this church to know, I hope you already do, I'm more than a youth pastor. I want to be a co-laborer with you in the field of harvest. Today, are you ready for a challenge? Because God has challenged me with these four verses today. I'm going to ask you to do something that you may not be comfortable with. It's okay, just trust me. If you're not able, I understand. I'm going to ask everybody in here to stand up on your feet with me. Lay your Bibles to the side. And I want you, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to focus your attention on the screen. Now listen to me. Listen to me. We are going to read a very holy, holy calling to every one of our lives. Now you may say, I'm not reading that. This is a calling for every life that is represented here in this place today. I want us to read the scripture together. And in reverence to God and in thanksgiving to God, we stand. Read with me today, if you will. Matthew chapter 9, starting at verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Let's pray together. Father God, as we read your holy word today, Lord, I pray that you press it upon our hearts, the need, the need outside these doors. The harvest is ready and is waiting on every person to put their hand to the plow. My God, today I call 
that you would stir our spirit, that you would move through your Holy Spirit in our life that will call us into the work of the harvest. Bless us now as we look to your word, we look to your leading in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Verse number 35 today from the book of Matthew. It says this, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now, point number one, you're going to get five of them if you're note takers, okay? But point number one today is this, is the example is Jesus. Just write that down. The example is Jesus. The primary example of your spiritual life should be Jesus. Now, look at me real quick. I know you're looking down and you're writing, but look at me real quick. I want you to understand this. The measuring stick is not a pastor. The measuring stick is not a person. The measuring stick is God himself, Jesus Christ. And when I look every day at myself compared to the measuring stick, I fall short. I could stand there and tell you all the things I've done, but I can also tell you all the things that I haven't and I've failed. I'm careful not to boast, but when looking at ourselves compared to Jesus, I fall short. Jesus was always about his father's business. And we see in verse number 35, there are three primary ways that Jesus ministered. What did he do? He taught, he was preaching, and he was healing. Those three words sum up the chapters, the previous chapters of Matthew, and how Christ worked. Now, you may look at me and say, Pastor Jeffrey, I don't teach and I don't preach and I don't heal. What is there for me to do? There's work to be done. There is work to be done. I'm very thankful. The early service, there were three ladies here in that early service that were with me in my early Methodist church days. You wouldn't know what I grew up in a Methodist church, okay? But those three ladies sit right back there on the pew this morning. And after 20 years, can you understand that? 20 years, they understand that Jesus is the example. Jesus is the example. And their words this morning is, Jeffrey, your preaching hasn't changed. I haven't gotten better after 20 years. Maybe I ought to find a new profession. But let me ask you this morning. If you look at your spiritual life, are you always about your father's business? Are you trying to see what church can do for you? There's so many people that come in on Sunday mornings that want that good, feel-good feeling. God is more than a feeling. God wants to lead your life, and He is the measuring stick in which we should look to see how we're measuring up. Every single day, the measuring stick makes me push myself harder. I don't look at it and sh shake my head and say, I'll never make it. No, it makes me get better. 
And so my prayer today, as we see the example of Jesus, as he teaches and preaches and heals, we see, we see an example that we should go into the cities and the villages and the synagogues and wherever there is an opportunity, we should be ready to give an account for Christ. Your synagogue or your place of teaching or could be your workplace. I want you to know that's one of my biggest mission fields is my workplace. Today, as we look at those people whom Jesus is calling, do you see yourself there? Now, I told the early group, and I'm going to tell you, I'm looking around here and I want everybody's attention. You're never too old or you're never too young to work in the mission field. Amen? You're never too young, you're never too old to work in the mission field. When Christ resides in your heart, there should be a passion and a compassion, which we're going to get to in a minute, for the mission field. Point number one, the example is Jesus. I want you to understand the healing part of it. Just in chapter 9 alone, We are told about a paralyzed man. We are told about Jairus' daughter. We're told about a a woman with an issue of blood. We're We're told about two blind men. And we're told about a man possessed with the devil. And we're also told there are many more that are not recorded in Scripture. Of the lives that Jesus touched in a physical healing way. And I'm sure if I were to go around this sanctuary today, I would, there would be testimonies of how Jesus has touched and healed your life. Listen to me. That is a testimony for your Lord. Point number one, the example is Jesus. Point number two, as we examine the harvest, look at verse number 36. It says this, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Point number two today is this. Is the harvest is lost. Now I know that there may be some that listen to this or hear this that say oh that's very judgmental. No I do not. I mean this in love. The majority of the world outside of Christ is a lost world. But as I see and I read this verse, I I see it just slowing down as Jesus surveys the thousands, the thousands of people that are before him carrying on their normal day. And as that normal day continues on, he understands, he understands that these people need him. Verse number 36 has a word there. It says, he was moved with compassion on them. This was a 100% human feeling. This was not a God feeling. This was a human feeling. Now listen to me. I know there are some compassionate people. I tend to be one that leans heavy on compassion. And there are people in my life that don't have compassion. But here's my question. When you see and when you know that the harvest It's lost. Does that stir in your soul compassion and love and a need for Jesus? 
verse 36 says, Jesus sees these people fainted, scattered abroad as a sheep having no shepherd. Now listen to me. I think there are many times when you look at, at these individual people, they were being misled by the religious leaders of the day. They were, they were saying, this, Jesus is not the Messiah. And so they were misleading them. And so I want to caution you first and foremost, if somebody misleads you, be careful. Be careful what goes in here. But also, as we understand and we know that the harvest is lost, it puts a feeling in our heart and in our bones that we must go. I must be the one. I look at my family, and I'm blessed beyond measure with a good, good family. But even in my good family, Jesus is needed. I look at my job, and I'm surrounded by good people. But even at my job, God is needed. And so here is Jeffrey's thought. If I don't tell him, who will? If I don't tell him, who will? Friends, with this compassion, Jesus surveys the thousands and he sees the need for Jesus. And I believe it's with this same compassion that stirs inside of him that he walks very willingly to the cross on Calvary's hill. It was that compassion that he laid down his life. Because listen to me, I, I, Jeffrey, was a sheep that was lost. I was scattered. If you look at me now, you may never know that. But I'm thankful for the people that came, that served, that said yes. That taught my Sunday school. That led me to the Lord. Point number two is the harvest. The harvest is lost. Does that concern you? Does that stir compassion in you? My prayer is that it does. Point number three. Look at verse number 37. It says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest is truly Plenteous. I'm going to stop right there. Jesus speaking to his disciples and to the people that were surrounding him. He says, guess what? The harvest is ready. The harvest is ready for you to get to work. Now, what I get from this, what the Lord has laid on my heart here is this. Are you ready? The harvest is ready, but you must be ready to go. I'm going to ask you a question. Is there anybody in here in this congregation today that knows what a zerk is? Z-E-R-K. Does anybody in here know what a zerk is? Maybe a couple. Oh, we got a couple. Yeah, we got a couple people, right? If I told you a zerk was important to the harvest, you may or may not believe me. And I tell you, uh, my grandmother's here today, and I'm grateful that she is, but uh, growing up around the farm... Around my grandparents, I was often asked to look for a zerk. 
when it was time to cut hay. A zerk is a little grease fitting on a tractor or the equipment that without filling it and without maintaining it, the harvest could be jeopardized. And so as a little boy, my grandfather often got me to find every one of them. You cannot miss one of them. Find every grease fitting so we get to grease it. And he would come by with that grease gun and go to town, right? To prepare for the harvest. Here's my question. I tell you that to tell you this. Are you ready for the harvest? We know Jesus says the harvest is ready. Outside of these doors, it is ready. The question is, are you? Are you primed? Are you ready to go? Are you greased up? Are you prepared to share the gospel with a world that waits? There are many of us that ask, what can church do for me? That care about our own needs instead of the needs of others. We care about our earthly needs. And I'm guilty of this. I live my life by a calendar. Anybody with me? And so if it's not on the calendar, it, it doesn't exist. And so I've got to be careful there because Christ never lived by a calendar. Christ went wherever God led him and he ministered to those people. And so my challenge to you today is to open up that time in your calendars for, for the people that need you. Now certainly your, your parents and your kids and your family need you. Your job needs you. But listen. Your church needs you. Your church needs you. And it needs you more than just on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. And it needs you more than just on Wednesday night. It needs you more than one hour a week. Because why? Not because pastor said so. No, because the harvest, the harvest is ready. And if I'm not ready, and if I'm not getting fed, and if I'm not a part of it, I'm no good to the harvest. I feel so many Sundays and so many Wednesday nights. I get greased and ready to go to the harvest. Point number three. A reminder that the harvest is plentiful and it's ready. Are you? Point number four. The end of verse number 37. A very, very heartbreaking few words. But the laborers are few. As we look at this point and point number four as being the laborers being few. Harvest day should be a day of celebration. It should be a day that we're, we're thankful for what God has done and we're ready to bring in the harvest. Just this week I looked at my cherry tree and I was like, that's ready. They are getting ready. I just got to beat the birds to them, right? Uh, they're ready. I can see that the cherries are ready. I can see that the harvest is ready. And I've got to be ready to move. What ruins a celebration? 
What ruins a harvest celebration? Here's what ruins a harvest celebration. When you're looking at the harvest and you can't get it to the barn. You know it's ready, but you can't get it where it needs to be. And so when we look at the harvest, when we look at the people that need Christ, one of, the, one of the greatest joys would be that people come in and receive Christ and we jump and we, we're excited and we're thankful to God for what He's done. But we're moving towards a, a, a way that leaves the harvest alone. In your bulletin, there's an announcement. I don't know how many of you read through your bulletins. I pray that you do. At the top of one of them, it says, we need you. Listen to me here. The nominating committee. I'm a little bit personal here by saying this. I believe everyone in the church should serve on the nominating committee one time. One time is all you need to serve. One time will do it for you. But my, my heartfelt belief is when you join the church, your name goes on the nominating committee eventually. Now, why do I say that? Because here becomes their message. Beg, 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 beg. Phone call, phone call, call. Beg, beg, beg. Beg people to serve in the work of the church. An ideal world would have people lining up saying, where do you need me? Here's what I can do. Don't put Pastor Jeffrey in the choir. I'm good with knowing not where, where you can't serve, where you're not gifted. But here's where I'm gifted. Here's where I can help. Here's where I can tie into the ministry and to the harvest. If I asked you this morning how many of you wanted to be the hands and feet of Jesus, I would almost bet every hand would be raised. And then the call comes out, we need you to meet here, or we need you to go here, and hey, our, our schedules take us out of that. Work takes us out of that. Family takes us out of that. And next thing you know, the church is still left with that 20% that says yes to everything. Look at me, church. Don't hang your head. Look at me. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. The Bible says the laborers were few in, in Jesus' day, and they're few today. Here's my question. Will you be one of the few? Will you be one of the few that says, yes, I'll serve you, Lord. Plug me in. Put me in. I want to be about the work of the Lord. Point number five. Look at verse 38. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. The call now, point number five, is to pray for the harvest. Pray for compassion. Here's what I want you to pray for, church. Pray for compassion. Some of you are not compassionate, right? Some of us would rather just walk away from it. But can I be honest with you? Here's how Pastor Jeffrey works. If you've never been around me, 
You, you may not want to after I tell you this, okay? But my youth leaders will tell you this. My teenagers will tell you this. I'm going to ask you to help one time, and then I'm going to go do it myself. I'm not begging anybody to serve with me in serving the Lord. Now, here is the message. I want to work hand-in-hand with you. Are you on the same page? I want to work with you. I'm going to ask you one time, if you neglect me, I'm going on my own. That's why I can't get nobody to sign up for youth ministry, right? But that's the way it is. You can give me a schedule and you can give me excuses, but God doesn't buy excuses when the harvest is ready. Pray for compassion. Pray for compassion. Pray for the eyes to see the harvest. When you look over the people that you work with, when you look over your family, when you look at the people in their day-to-day actions, pray for God to give you the eyes to see the need. Pray for people to interact in your path. I'm one of those people that do that. Lord, put people in my path that need you. Put people in your path. But here's the word of caution. As you pray for the harvest, be very careful because here's what God wants to do. God wants to send you. As you pray, we're called to pray for the harvest. God wants to send you. Pray knowing that God is calling you to serve. Pray knowing that God is going to use you. As I look at the challenge for this day, here is the challenge. The harvest is ready. When you walk out those back doors and you go into the world, there's a few words that are written up next to the ceiling. When you walk out those front doors, pay attention to them today. What does it say? Does anybody know what it says? You are entering the mission field. Exactly right. You are now entering the mission field. Friends, today... Pray for the harvest, but pray that God would use you in that harvest. This is not a plea for members. This is not a plea for come join my church. This is a plea to join me in the work of the Lord. Oftentimes, I give my teenagers homework because I don't want to preach another sermon. Y'all want another sermon? Look, (laughs) don't answer that. Here's your homework. Read chapter 10. Sometime in this day, today, read Matthew chapter 10. And what you will find is this. Jesus meets with his disciples and begins to send them out. And in calling those disciples, he sends them to do the exact same thing that he done. He went out and he taught, he was preaching, and he healed. And he gave them the power to do all three. You will see that in verses 6 through 8 of chapter 10. You will see in verse number 14 that not all people out there are going to receive what you have to say. If they don't receive it, the Bible says to knock the dust off and keep on moving. Verse number 16 says that you're going to be sent in the, uh, as sheep in the midst of wolves. That it's not going to be an easy road. 
Verse number 18, that God will give you an opportunity to testify to Jesus. Verse number 22, that you're going to be hated because you stand for Jesus. Verse number 28, that if you do it for the, uh, excuse me, don't fear for those that kill the body, but fear for that that kills the soul. Verse number 38, he who doesn't take the cross and follow is not worthy. In verse number 42, a simple cold cup of water. In the name of Jesus, will minister to the harvest. Everybody's attention today, as I close. The harvest needs the living water. Today, if you're a believer, you have that what they need. A very simple act of giving a cold cup of water in the name of Jesus can change somebody's life. Church today, the harvest is ready. How will you, listen to me, how will you Minister, serve, work there. There are two types of needs that are represented here today. Out of every person that is here, there are two types of needs. The first need is this. If you're here and Jesus lives in your heart, you need to be a laborer. You need to be working for Him. That is a need. If you know Jesus, if you love Jesus... You need to be finding a place to work and to serve Him. That is a need. Majority of us are probably saved. We need to be working. The second need in this sanctuary today is the need to be harvested. So my question to you is this. As we think about our spiritual walk, where does your need lie? You may say, Pastor Jeffrey, I'm saved. I have a relationship with Christ. Amen, hallelujah. That's just one baby step. That's just the first step of what God wants to do in your life. There's a need for laborers. Clifford Baptist Church today, I ask you how you will answer that call. Those of you that are listening by live stream, those of you in this building, I want to give one last plea, and that is this. If you do not know Christ as your Savior, with that compassion, He went to a cross with you in mind, with myself in mind, to forgive sin and to develop that relationship one with another. Today, if there is a need for salvation, my urgent plea is that you come. But for my church family, here's what I'm going to ask you during this invitation. Don't center on self. Center on the harvest. 
And as you stand and as you sing and as you pray, maybe God will lead you to kneel here and pray and say, God, how can you use me? Look, I still don't know how God's going to use me. I still do not know. Am I going to be a 60-year-old youth pastor? I have no idea. But I hope I'm the coolest 60-year-old youth pastor ever if I make it, right? How is God using us? How will God use you today if you don't have it all figured out, here's where, what you do. You lay it down and say, God, here I am. Send me. Use me. Let's pray. Father God. Lord, in this moment of invitation, God, in this moment where we look at ourselves against the measuring stick. God, we understand the need the need is for the harvest. The need is not about ourselves. The need is for the harvest. We want people to come in and we want people to know before it's too late. Before we sit here and watch them die from a comfortable pew. God, give us the compassion for the harvest. God, today, if there's somebody that in a spiritual way that will come before you and raise their hand and say, God, I want to work. God, I pray, Lord, that you honor that commitment. Lord, I pray for that one that doesn't know how and where they can serve. Giving them a clear picture, God, I pray. God, I pray for the harvest today knowing that you're going to use me that you're going to send me God I pray that's the prayer of our church God for that one person that needs to come to you today I pray that you will begin that relationship as they step out in faith and come we give you this moment, moment of invitation today we pray that you use it in only the way that you can. In Christ's name. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.